We're driven by the search for better. But when it comes to hiring, the best way to search for a candidate isn't to search at all. Don't search match with Indeed. Indeed is your matching and hiring platform with over 350 million global monthly visitors, according to Indeed data, and a matching engine that helps you find quality candidates fast. Ditch the busy work. Use Indeed for scheduling, screening, and messaging so you can connect with candidates faster. Leveraging over 140 million qualifications and preferences every day, Indeed's matching engine is constantly learning from your preferences, so the more you use Indeed, the better it gets. Join more than 3.5 million businesses worldwide that use Indeed to hire great talent fast. And listeners of this show will get a $75 sponsored job credit to get your jobs more visibility at Indeed.com slash BlueWire. Just go to Indeed.com slash BlueWire right now and support our show by saying that you heard about Indeed on this podcast. That's Indeed.com slash BlueWire. Terms and conditions apply. Need to hire? You need Indeed. IB Nation, welcome back to another edition of the Irish Breakdown Podcast. It is Wednesday, December 6th. We are one day closer to Notre Dame's bowl game. We're also one day closer to National Signing Day, and today is Wednesday, so we're going to have a little midweek rundown. A little later start than normal. Had uh, some some things to get taken care of today, but um, we're here. We're ready to rock and roll. Going to talk about a few different topics today. Two of the topics, you know, kind of, uh, you know, kind of go together. And so we'll dive into those. The first topic we're going to talk about is Notre Dame had some All-American lists come out and four different Notre Dame players earned either first or second team All-American today. So I'm going to talk about that. Just kind of go over the seasons they had, give my opinion on, you know, just their, their you know, the status that they earn it or not, where should they have been? And, you know, I think there was a snub and I'll, and I'll talk about, you know, what could have been in some situations, just some fun All-American talk today, mostly lighthearted stuff today. And then we'll have a bowl talk, and we'll, we'll talk, kind of talk about the, the Notre Dame bowl game, kind of who's in, who's out. And uh, obviously there's going to be some more announcements coming up this week, and we'll address each one of those as they come up. We had one already yesterday. I do expect some more today. I think we'll kind of throughout the week we'll have different guys go, but you know we'll address those as those players make those announcements. So I have about oh, five or six stories written right now just waiting on those to happen because I didn't want to get stuck – of things happening during shows like we did the other day. So I went ahead and wrote those beforehand. So we'll be ready to rock and roll and we'll kind of talk about, about that. And then just also, you know, just kind of looking at the season and, and just, just the excitement about finishing this season and then looking forward to next year's team and the pending youth movement, because I, what I see in the portal for Notre Dame is, is kind of interesting right now because I see Notre Dame making some moves at certain positions where they feel there's either numbers needs or impact talent needs, or maybe a, a, a bridge needs to be built, you know, to, to, you know, from where they are now to where they need to be and, you know, like where you are, but maybe not ready right this second. And, and we'll dive into some of that, but you're also seeing in a lot of instances, there's a, there's a banking on some of the youth to step up for Notre Dame. 
and what that means for this football team uh, moving forward and what it's going to say because we have felt that Marcus Freeman's recruiting has been outstanding at Notre Dame. And that is based on our evaluation of them as high school players. It's based on you know, what we see on film and and just our projection and our feeling of their meeting needs and all those type of things. But, but you don't really know how great of a recruiter you are until the players you recruit turn out to be productive or not. You know, so like if, if you're just looking at Mike Mickens, for example, and what kind of recruiter he is, if you just simply look at it from the standpoint of who he has signed, he he's not a great recruiter. If you just look at it from high school recruiting rankings, I, I think he signed what one top 100 recruit in, in four years at Notre Dame, I believe Christian gray, I believe them th- is the only top hundred recruit, but you know, we all knew Benjamin Morrison was going to be a lot better. We all know that certain players have a lot of talent. And so, so he's a great recruiter, not because he, does things to improve the recruiting rankings, but he knows how to go out and find big time football players, whether they're top hundred players like Christian Gray or whether they're three-star recruits like Benjamin Morrison, because Benjamin was a three-star when he committed to Notre Dame, not on the IB board, but he was nationally. So there's all types of different ways. And so that's ultimately what defines you as a great recruiter or not. Can you go out there and get impact players and build your depth chart year after year after year? And we'll talk to those as well. So it's going to be some fun having that conversation. Just about part of my excitement for next season and beyond comes from the talent that I believe is there. And I think we're going to start seeing a lot more of that here in the bowl game and in the next season. So I'm going to have some fun talking about that as well. We're driven by the search for better. But when it comes to hiring, the best way to search for a candidate isn't to search at all. Don't search match with Indeed. Indeed is your matching and hiring platform with over 350 million global monthly visitors, according to Indeed data, and a matching engine that helps you find quality candidates fast. Ditch the busy work. Use Indeed for scheduling, screening, and messaging so you can connect with candidates faster. Leveraging over 140 million qualifications and preferences every day, Indeed's matching engine is constantly learning from your preferences, so the more you use Indeed, the better it gets. Join more than 3.5 million businesses worldwide that use Indeed to hire great talent fast. And listeners of this show will get a $75 sponsored job credit to get your jobs more visibility at Indeed.com slash BlueWire. Just go to Indeed.com slash BlueWire right now and support our show by saying that you heard about Indeed on this podcast. That's Indeed.com slash BlueWire. Terms and conditions apply. Need to hire? You need Indeed. Everyone is talking about magnesium. It's all you hear about. But why? What do we know about magnesium? Well, magnesium is the number one mineral that 75% of Americans are deficient in. If you are a woman over 35, magnesium will help you rediscover balance, energy, and vitality. Magnesium supports more than 300 enzymatic reactions in your body, including those involved in hormonal balance. From functional medicine doctors to mental well-being and female hormone experts, we all know that magnesium is the one mineral to improve all aspects of well-being and health. But which one? Magnesium Breakthrough from Bioptimizers. The trusted choice recommended by leading experts with seven best-absorbed forms of magnesium to ensure your body receives the support it needs for overall well-being. Go to bioptimizers.com balance today and use code BALANCE10 for 10% off. 
Support your journey to wellness at B-I-O-P-T-I-M-I-Z-E-R-S dot com forward slash balance. Magnesium Breakthrough from Bioptimizers, your foundation to optimal health and vitality. I want to begin today's show talking about the All-American list. So there were three All-American lists that came out today, and there'll be more. There'll be the Football Writers Association list will come out. The ESPN will come out with a list. The AFCA usually has an All-American list. You'll see Sporting News will have an All-American list. So there'll be a lot of All-American lists coming out. And we'll, we'll cover those. But but I, I think we're going to see a lot of the same from what we've seen here. And so I'm going to have some fun with that today. But we're going to begin with the most expected All-American uh, of, of on uh, the list for Notre Dame. That's left tackle Joe Walt, who had another brilliant season. Uh, Joe Walt was named a first-team All-American by CBS Sports, the Athletic and Pro Football Focus. Two of those three, CBS Sports and Pro Football Focus, also named him an All-American last year. Now, I'm not super high with some of Pro Football Focus's All-American decisions, which I'll get into, but Joe Walt is clearly deserving. And and, he did give up his first sack since his freshman year against Duke this year, but overall, fewer fewer pressures. And I felt like his game just became more and more dominant this season at times. I, I thought there was a a little bit of a law kind of middle of the season as the whole line was struggling, but I thought he finished very, very strong, had a tremendous season. The numbers are are great. The film is great. The consistency is great. There's just, there's a lot to like. And he's had a very decorated Notre Dame career. Obviously he was a freshman All-American in 2021, comes out in 22 and earns first team All-American honors by CBS Sports, Pro Football, Focus, ESPN, and one other. Let me just find that other. It was it was Associated Press. And so it was CBS Sports, Pro Football Focus, AP, and ESPN were the four that had him as a first-team All-American. And now he can add The Athletic to his list because this year he is named uh, first-team All-American by The Athletic. Not surprising there. We all know that Joe Walt was a tremendous player and just – it, I mean, just he's one of those guys, again, that you look at and say not every five-star college player was a five-star in high school. It was funny. ESPN did a did this thing where they, they re-ranked the top, I think it was like 25 or 50 players or something like that in the 2021 class, which is Joe Walt's class. And, of course, you had, I believe, like I think Caleb Williams is on there. You had Marvin Harrison on there. You had a lot of those guys on there. They had Joe Walt number five. You know, Joe Walt became the number five or was the number five player in that class. And they're sort of re-ranked now what they've become a college. He was, I think, 247 Sports is the only one that had him as a four-star recruit. I'm going to go, I'm going to go look at that one here real quick um, and make sure that I have that correct. But yeah, 247 Sports had him as a four-star number 179 on three. Says that they had him as a four-star number 139, but I believe that was them retroactively going back. And then ESPN and Rivals had him as a three-star. So got him out of, out of uh, Minnesota, and he had a brilliant career. Was a first-team All-American last year by four outlets. The others had him as a second team. I think he was on everybody's All-American list last year. It just he's either first or second. I would say most likely um, he'll be a first-team All-American by enough this year to get a consensus All-American list. The question is going to be for Joe Walt is will he be a unanimous All-American? And that's going to be a little bit of a, a more interesting question I'm actually looking up the criteria for that now because I always I always get it wrong. And so to be a unanimous All-American in college football, it says right here you have to 
Let me find it here real quick. Um, first team by at least half of the official selectors for a given season is considered a unanimous All-American. So I assume Joe Walt will get that this year. It is the the five R Associated Press, American Football Coaches Association, the Football Writers Association, Sporting News, and Walter Camp. So so far, Joe Walt has one of um, AP, AFCA, Football Writers, Sporting News, and so none of the none of the ones came out today are part of that. But I assume he'll be. He was first team last year by AP and first team. I would imagine. I would imagine Sporting News is going to be smart enough to put him on there. So. We'll see if he can earn that honor. Absolutely think he'll be consensus. Um, so that's a that's the unanimous one. And I think consensus is – I'd have to go back and look at that one, to be honest with you. And then as far as, you know, you talk about the Notre Dame players in recent years, Notre Dame's had a lot of tackles that have – offensive linemen been, have been really outstanding players. Um, last year – let me just find this real quick. Last So last offensive lineman that was a consensus All-American was Quentin Nelson back in 2017. I know Ian. I know Mike McGlinchey was a unanimous or was a consensus All American. Liam Meikenberg was a consensus All American, but Quentin Nelson was the only one that was a unanimous All American uh, for the offensive line of all those great offensive linemen. So Joe Walt certainly has a chance to be that this season, uh, and we'll we'll see if he can if he can earn that honor. Another first team All American was Xavier Watts. Xavier Watts was named a first team All American by. Uh, CBS Sports and the Athletic. So great honor for for Xavier Watts. Should not be surprising. He led the nation in in uh, interceptions this year with seven. His overall production this season was very good. He had forty seven tackles this year. I believe he had four. Also had four pass breakups this season. Just pulling up his numbers now. Uh, let's see, forty seven tackles, seven interceptions, two and a half tackles for loss, four pass breakups. And here was an interesting stat. So as I was as I was preparing his All American um, article, or actually no, his as I was preparing the article when it was announced he won the Bronco Nagurski Award, as because I, I believe we talked about this the other day. But if not, he won the two nights ago. He won the Bronco Nagurski Award, which goes to the nation's best defensive player, all around defensive player. And there were some excellent players there. Peyton Wilson, who was obviously a guy that Ryan and I have talked a lot about, the linebacker at NC State was there. And Xavier won the award, and which is a tremendous honor, and and, and also ironic because he's not a semi. He wasn't even a semifinalist for the the Jim Thorpe Award, which supposedly goes to the nation's best defensive back. But Xavier Watts earned first team All Americans by CBS Sport, for All American by CBS Sports and the Athletic, not just because of his numbers. And that's the thing is a lot of times these awards just go to numbers. And Xavier Watts obviously had seven interceptions, but. It was impact production, and so Xavier Watts had eight turnovers forced by himself, meaning he either he either picked a pass off or recovered a fumble. So I'm not talking about forced fumbles. I'm just talking about a guy that recovered a fumble or picked off picked off a pass. So direct turnovers. He had eight of them. His fumble recovery against USC was he returned about a little less than 15 yards for a touchdown. And he had seven interceptions. Now, here's the crazy stat that just shows you how impactful Xavier Watts was for the offense this year. We talk about points off turnovers. All seven of his interceptions led directly to an offensive touchdown or or an offensive score. So what I mean directly, I don't mean, you know, you picked them off and, you know, then you traded punts and then they scored. I mean, because you won the field position. I mean, literally, he turns it over 
the offense goes down and scores. Now, some of them are very short drives. Obviously, against USC, his two interceptions were both returned inside the 10-yard line. Notre Dame scored two touchdowns off of those. They scored a touchdown off of his uh, interception against Clemson. They scored I'm, – I'm going through his interceptions now. He had uh, two – he had against Pitt. Both of them against Pitt resulted in touchdowns. It, so that's uh, that's the five right there, right? Now against NC State, he intercepted a pass, and I believe that led to a touchdown as or a field goal, I believe, on that particular drive. I'd have to go back and look. But I know that five of his turnovers or of his interceptions resulted in touchdowns, and two of them resulted in field goals, which is just amazing. And then, of course, he returned his one fumble recovery for a touchdown. Just a just a tremendous tremendous season from Xavier Watts. It was a, had had his. I mean, everybody's going to have missed tackles, but he was also a good tackler. Uh, had some very important open field tackles this season for Notre Dame. Just an all around outstanding season for Xavier Watts, and it'll be good to see him in the bowl game. Xavier did announce that he is uh, going to play in the bowl game for Notre Dame. We're going to have an article coming up here soon uh, at IrishBreakdown.com that Sean Styers wrote from the interview that they did, I believe, yesterday with Xavier where he talked about just the winning the award and just his future and and how much he has to improve upon his game and just some of those type of things but certainly a an incredible season from Xavier Watts and it, it look it you always as a as a whether it's as a Notre Dame fan or whether it's as a Notre Dame analyst whatever role I'm talking about stories like his are always I love I love stories like his because it's one of those great situations where you talk about as we as we look at the portal and we see all these kids jumping in and we just see, you know, I, I was asking myself, you know, would Xavier Watts have stayed if the portal was the way that it is now? And I, I don't know the answer to that because that was not his circumstance. But here's what I know. With what his circumstance was, kids were able to transfer. And he went through a lot his first two years, had some issues with, you know, his position coaches maybe not giving him the opportunity and, and and not being always told the truth about things, but you know Xavier stuck it out because being at Notre Dame was important to him. And you know he he I remember him going to the Notre Dame coaches and from you know having this story relayed to me and basically saying like, look, I just I want to play, and I, I I know I can play if you just need an opportunity. And they finally decided to move him over to defense, which is funny because the Notre Dame defensive coaches were trying to get Xavier Watts for a while. And then they eventually were able to get him over there, and he had he just did an excellent job. So he, he just watching what he overcame, and, and and just the different things that he did, and it was really fun to watch what what uh, what Xavier Watts has turned into, and and the job he's done, and and we'll, we'll see, you know, we'll kind of see what's coming next. I think the fact that he's playing in the bowl game is a good sign as far as what his future plans are, but. The end of the day, it's still going to be determined by, you know, what the NFL feedback is for him. But uh, you know, I think there's at least, I mean, we know guys who aren't playing are gonna gonna leave. So we'll see if Xavier's going to be back next year. It'd be huge for Notre Dame if they could get him back because he can be. I mean, he's going to be a captain next year. I mean, they would just it would be very beneficial to Notre Dame if he chose to come back. So we'll we'll kind of see, we'll see how that goes. But huge huge honor for Xavier Watts, who's a first team All American by CBS Sports and The Athletic. Another All-American uh, today is Audrick Estime. He was named a second-team All-American by both CBS Sports and The Athletic and Pro Football Focus. 
So he earned three second team All-American honors today. We could debate if he should be first or second. I, I'm okay with him being second uh, on the different lists. I, I, I think um, obviously we know that Ollie Gordon was a first team All-American, but I, I believe Amorian Hampton was a second teamer with a lot of those on a lot of those lists. And, and I mean, we could talk about whether or not Audric should have been over him or not. I think that's certainly debatable, but I, it's close enough to where it's, it's just not something that I'm like, oh my gosh, that's just so terrible. You know, Maureen Hampton in 12 games this year had over 1,400 yards and 15 touchdowns. He also had 26 catches for 215 yards and a touchdown. So he rushed for more yards than Audric. He had uh, he had more receiving yards and catches than Audric, and he only had two fewer touchdowns. So you can debate that Audric should have been on the first team. I'm, I'm That's fine. I'm not going to argue with you because I think he had an excellent year, especially when you talk about what was around him. But you know, and he didn't have a, a Drake May at quarterback kind of taking some of that pressure off of him. But the fact is, this is still a big honor, honor for Audric Estime. And, and, you know, you can always nitpick, you know, maybe this guy should have been there, this guy. But Amarian Hampton had a great year. Ollie Gordon had a great year. Audric Estime had a great year. They're all deserving of some sort of honor. And I think it's quite an honor for Audric Estime to, to, to do this. And, you know, obviously, Audric had a, had a tremendous year. And it was it was one of the best that we've seen from a Notre Dame player in a very long time. Just to give you some context, so Audric this uh, season, obviously when we expected big things from Audric this year, when once Logan Diggs left and you knew it was going to be his job, the expectations were high and he more than lived up to it. And that, that's what you like to see from a guy is, look, so a lot expected of you today. Are you going to live, or this year, are you going to live up to the expectations and, and do that? And Audric certainly, certainly did that this season and finished the season with 1,341 yards, 18 touchdowns, the 18 touchdowns is a new Notre Dame record for a single season. It beat the record previously set by twice by Vegas Ferguson, I believe, in 1979, and then Alan Pinkett, I believe, in 1984. Some of you will know if I'm wrong on that. You can put that in the chat if I'm wrong, but I believe those were the two years that that happened. And uh, we obviously, Jerome Bettis had 16 one year, so we've seen other guys have that uh, have that production. But Audrick broke the record with four touches. He was creeping up on it against... Stanford, he had 14 going into that game. And then, of course, he had four touchdowns in that game for Notre Dame and just finished the season off in impressive, impressive fashion. His 1,341 rushing yards is second, or excuse me, is fourth all time in a single season for Notre Dame, which is obviously another impressive mark for Audric. And he did that in, in, in uh, 12 games instead of, you know, also looking at a bowl game. So, when you compare it to other great seasons, you have to look at it from the standpoint of, you know, he didn't get that 13th game. And I know some of the guys only played 11 and all that, but some of the records can get really get skewed where not only do you play extra games, but you also, you know, were in that era where you, you know, bowl games counted because bowl games didn't always count for, for guys back in the day. So for him, it, it clearly did, but his, uh, his 200, 2000, uh, excuse me, 1,341 rushing yards, um, which ranked eighth in college football this season, was the fourth best season in Notre Dame history. Some other records that Audric, or well, just some other stats, Audric averaged 6.39 yards per carry. I remember us having this debate in the middle of the season about whether or not he could maintain that that average, and, and I thought he could, and I was glad that he did. He obviously had a very good season for Notre Dame. Finished his career with 2,321 rushing yards, which is 11th all-time in school history. He His 6.22 yards per carry ranks uh, for his career ranks eighth all-time. At Notre Dame, he it ranks seventh all time in rushing touchdowns with 29, and he had nine 100 yard games at Notre Dame. And really, he did that in two seasons because he 
only really carried the ball uh, one time uh, or in one game as a true freshman in 2021, but his nine 100-yard games is tied for ninth all-time. So even though Audric is only really played for two seasons at Notre Dame, and even though he play, he um, you know is is you know even if he doesn't play another game for Notre Dame, the reality is is that's a great great career for a guy that that and when you consider some of the things he's had to overcome in life, couldn't be happier for Audric Estime. Had a great year. I mean, everybody knew he was the he was the heart and soul of the offense. They needed him to really just kind of be that guy and. He certainly stepped up to the plate and 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 uh, represented Notre Dame incredibly well on and off the field. And that's the thing I love about these three kids that we've already talked about so far, and we'll talk about with the next kid that are an All American. Is you know they're guys that do it the right way as well, and you never hear anything about off the field issues with any of these guys. You never hear anything about them not working hard. All those things they're just they're just great. And you know now we what we can do this offseason be fun. We can now have the debate of how does Zodrick stack up against some of the other top backs at Notre Dame in recent seasons. Somebody asked me, is he better than than Kyron Williams in the chat? I don't know who's going to be the better pro. I have no idea. Don't watch NFL football, but I think Audric Estime was clearly the better back at Notre Dame. And you know, Audric was a, a heck of a player and a, and and a, had the attitude you wanted for. And I think he brought some maybe more of the intangibles to the table. But as far as just who was the better running back, I think it was. I think it was Audric Estimate. Now, you could argue that Kyron maybe was the better all-around player because of what he did in the passing game, and that was certainly something that we could debate. But I think when you look at just as a pure runner, uh, Audric Estimate to me, I mean, the numbers don't even, they're not even close. I mean, Audric had 1,341 yards and 920 yards in back-to-back years. That puts him over, you know, almost 2,400 yards. Kyron was at 1,125 and he ran for 10 1005. Now Audric had 27 touchdowns in in 2 years. Audric had 29. And then the other part you look at is just the the overall touches. He had Kyron had 415 carries. Audric did what he did on 366 carries in 2 years. So a lot less production or a lot less attempts, but the production was good. Uh, Kyron averaged 4.9 and 5.3 yards per carry. Audric was at 5.9 last year and 6.4 this year. Uh, but as I said, Kyron was the better pass catcher. So if you wanted to get into that level of production, you know, Kyron had 35 catches for 319 yards in 2020, and he had 42 catches for 359 in 2021, whereas Audric did not provide that same level of, of production in the pass game. He only had nine catches for 135 last year, and he had 17 for 142 this year, only caught one touchdown. So if you want to get into debate about better all-around back, I think that's a closer debate than who's the better runner. But for what I would do, I mean, I, I think they both worked. They were both heck of a players. Obviously, I think Audric was better than than Dexter Williams. He did it, you know, for multiple seasons, was able to be there. I would I would argue he was better than Josh Adams. I've also often asked myself, could you imagine what Audric Estime would have done? If he ran behind the 2017 offensive line, think about that. That'd be really fun to watch. Heck, could you even imagine what he would have done in the 2020 offensive line, which was a much better offensive line than what uh, Audric ran behind this season and, and comparable to what we saw last season, at least once Audric became the guy, that offensive line was was pretty good. So uh, tremendous season for Audric Estimate. The regular season is over, but that doesn't mean shopping for tickets has come to an end. 
Notre Dame still has a big bowl game coming up. It's also holiday season, which means plenty of amazing concerts and shows, and you'll need tickets, especially if you're a last-minute shopper like me. And if you are in need of tickets, game time is the place to go. With killer deals on last-minute tickets and their best price guarantee, you can stop stressing over the tickets and start getting hyped for the fun you'll have. Forget planning months in advance. Game time has deals on tickets right up to the day of the event. Get exclusive flash deals on tickets for football, basketball, baseball games, concerts, comedy shows, theaters, and more. The game time guarantee means you'll always get the best price. If you find tickets in the same section or and row for less, game time will credit you 110% of the difference. It's the fastest growing ticket app in the country for a reason. Get images of your seat before you buy so you know exactly what to expect when you arrive. Buy tickets in a matter of seconds. Two taps and you're set. Tickets are sent directly to your phone so you never have to dig through your email. Snag the tickets without the stress with GameTime. Download the GameTime app, create an account, and use code IRISH for $20 off your first purchase. Terms apply. Again, create an account and redeem code IRISH for $20 off. Download the Game Time app today. Last minute tickets, lowest price guaranteed. That's gametime.co. Again, there's only been three All American lists that have come out so far that I've seen. Now, of course, things may happen during the show that I can't that I can't see. But you've had three All American lists come out so far: uh, Pro Football Focus, CBS Sports, and The Athletic. There was one player that earned a second-team honor on one of those lists, and that's Howard Cross, who earned second-team All-American honors from Pro Football Focus. This has a lot to do with their own grades and things that they do uh, You know, that, that's a little bit different than maybe what some other people do. And, and like I said, they factor. That's how Kane Madden was an All-American, because it's about their their particular grade. And Howard Cross was a, had a heck of a year. He was, as far as the regulars, he was the number two ranked player on Notre Dame's team, according to Pro Football Focus, behind Howard Cross, or excuse me, behind Jack Kaiser. And if you look at his production this year from a pass rushing standpoint, Pro Football Focus credited him with 36 t- uh, pressures uh, on the season. For context, Isaiah Foskey last year had 33. And in 2021, Isaiah Foskey had 32. So Howard Cross this year had more had more pressures in 12 games than Isaiah Foskey did the last two years in 13 games in 2021 and 22 in the, in the 12 games last year because he didn't play in the bowl game. So heck of an honor for Howard Cross. I don't expect him to make a lot of All-American lists this year just because the overall production, this is one of the areas where when they do it right, pro football focus brings some value, but I'll have a comment about that here in a second. But it, for a kid like him where he doesn't have the production that other people may have, he's a, he, this is, you know, you're, you're going to, that's quite an honor. He had six tackles for loss this year at one sack this year, 64 tackles is impressive for a defensive tackle, but overall just doesn't have that knock your socks off production that people are looking for, for all Americans, but he played at a very high level nonetheless. So uh, quite an honor. I was very happy to see Howard Cross get that. He was a, a very important player for Notre Dame this year. And, uh, you know, obviously Notre Dame coaches are trying to convince him to come back next season, and if they can convince him to do so, it would be huge to get him and Riley Mills back. But we'll see if they both come back. That's, I believe, uh, still to be determined at this point in time. But it was uh, congrats to Howard Cross for getting that. Now, the 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 pro football focus had Joe Walt first team and Aldrich Estime second team, but they did not have Riley Mills or Xavier Watts, uh, excuse me, as an All-American, first or second team 
at Pro Football Focus. So that's their that's their one big miss, in my opinion, is not having Xavier Watts. Snubs, uh, you know, I, I think there's been a lot of years where I felt like certain Notre Dame players deserved All-American honors and didn't get it. When I look at this Notre Dame football team, I, I don't know that there was a lot of guys that played at an All-American level that that aren't getting All-American status. You know, you could argue that Benjamin Morrison maybe is a guy that perhaps could be an All-American this year. I, I don't know that I would say – I don't know that I felt Benjamin played at quite the All-American level this season. I, I think in some ways he, he wasn't even as productive as he was a year ago. Uh, but he was still very good. He was still very good. Uh, it's not that at all disparage Benjamin Morrison. It just means he was pretty good, but he had set a bar so high for himself that I, I don't know that he quite played to that level this year. I thought at times he got a little bit grabby, and that's something you have to work for. He had in no mean, by no means am I saying he had any kind of sophomore slump at all. It just means like his bar was like right here, and he was just kind of right here. And there was also a lot of really good corners this year. But I will advocate for one Notre Dame cornerback that, that to me should have been an All-American, and I understand why he wasn't, and that's Cam Hart. And so – when I look at Cam's production this year, the reality is that's why he's not an All-American because he doesn't have a lot of pass breakups. He doesn't have a lot of interceptions. I don't think he intercepted a single pass this year. And uh, actually, let me look at it right now. I had like two to two or three pass breakups, no interceptions on the season. But the fact is, is this kid had monster, monster play. His film is fantastic the type of the, the the way he played the run. Now here's a here's some production that he did have that I think we should look at, and that is that he had three forced fumbles. And and obviously that was a, a you know impressive, impressive number this year. And he tied for 15th. So there was two guys with five, a bunch of guys with four, and then and then Cam had three this season, which puts him tied with a lot of people. But it wasn't like a number like Foskey had six a couple of years ago that's going to grab people's attention and maybe say, hey, let me let me go look at that kid. But when you look at the film and you look how impactful he was, how he shut down big time receiver after big time receiver, you know, Cam Hart had a had a tremendous, tremendous season this year in a lot of ways. And and I want to put some context in just to how good he was this year. So if you go to pro football focus, and then I would argue and I'm going to have my numbers at the end of the season, and I'm and I'm uh, there's still some games I have to finish breaking down. But the fact is, is is I think the number is actually a little too high. But you know we'll go with it because it's consistency because it compares them to other players and their same numbers. But in the last two seasons, Cam Hart allowed only 37 receptions in what was it? He played 11 games last year, so in 23 games. He only allowed 37 catches for 377 yards. Here's some context. In the last two seasons, if you look at Benjamin Morrison's numbers, the last two seasons, and again, Benjamin has been outstanding. But in the last two seasons, Benjamin Morrison allowed, let me just pull it up here real quick again. I went away from it. Give me a second. Benjamin Morrison the last two years allowed 500 and, where is it at? 561 passing yards the last two seasons and allowed let's see got to do some quick math in my head everybody so he allowed uh, 24 plus 22 46 catches the last two years and julian love Notre Dame all-american the year that julian love was a consensus all-american 
he gave up 42 catches for 413 yards in a season where he was an All-American. And Cam Hart, in two seasons combined, only allowed 37 catches for 377 yards. That is outstanding, outstanding play from Cam Hart. And I understand why sometimes he gets overlooked because he doesn't have the interception numbers. He doesn't have the the 15 pass breakups and those type of things that other guys have. I, I get all that. But just to give you some context, a guy like a guy named Kalen King that everybody talks about how great he is. Kalen King last year gave up 343 yards, and this year gave up 290 yards. And everybody talks about how good he is. And he is a good player. But, I mean, Cam Hart had gave up almost as much the last two years as he gave up the last two. Kool-Aid McKinstry, who everybody tells me is a phenomenal cornerback. And he, he's pretty good. There's no doubt about it. He's a pretty good player. Uh, but Kool-Aid McKinstry last year in just 2022 alone gave up 352 yards. This season, he gave up 17 catches for 183 yards. Still not as good as the as the season Cam had. Cam had 15 catches, 137. So, I, I, you know, Kool-Aid McKinstry's a guy that's getting a bunch of first-team All-American numbers, and I get it. He's a heck of a player. Uh, but this season, uh, he allowed 17 catches for 183 yards. Cam allowed 15 catches this season. Uh, for 137 yards, Kool-Aid McKinstry gave up 9.5 yards per catch. Cam gave up 9.1. Now, I'm I'm sorry. Those are just outstanding numbers that, to me, warrant him being a, an All-American player. I think he absolutely proved himself to be one of the four best cornerbacks in college football this season. Now, will he? Will he? Will anyone name him such? I do not know. But I'll tell you right now, if I have to pick between him and just about anybody else, I'm going to have a hard time picking somebody else, especially as a field cornerback. So very, very happy uh, for just to see what he's done. Another guy that overcame a lot of adversity, injuries, position change. I just think it's funny that Notre Dame's two best – It just and it's, it's symbolic of the issues that Notre Dame had recruiting the secondary before Mike Mickens and Marcus Freeman and those guys came up, just the lack of consistency – Notre Dame's two best defensive backs this season were converted wide receivers. Guys that were recruited to come to Notre Dame and play wide receiver. Cam Hart was recruited by Chip Long to come play wide receiver. Xavier Watts was recruited by Chip Long to come play wide receiver. Both of them end up moving over to the defense and become outstanding football players. So happy for both of them. And then, of course, your your third guy who's a borderline All-American, I think will be an All-American next year, uh, was a guy that was a three-star. So as, as I tell you all the time, Five stars matter, but it doesn't matter if you're a high school five-star. You need college five-stars. And to me, this season, all those guys that we just talked about were five-star players, in my opinion. You could debate Howard Cross, but Howard Cross is very, very good. Joe Walt, five-star player. Xavier Watts, five-star player. Audric Estimate, five-star player. And Cam Hart, to me, a five-star player. There's no doubt about it. And Benjamin Morrison, five-star player. You know, because even Benjamin had a, as I said, I thought Benjamin had a bit of a down year for him, you know, but but he gave up 265 yards against a much tougher schedule than what Will Johnson played this year. And Will Johnson only played in 10 games. Will Johnson gave up 256 yards this season in 10 games. Benjamin Morrison gave up 265 yards in 11 games because obviously he missed the uh, pit game this season. So still a very good season for Benjamin Morrison. I think for me, two things that he'll need to improve upon next season to become that dynamic difference maker is he's going to have to get a little less grabby in coverage. 
And number two, he's going to get have to get back to being the run defender he was the, in his a freshman. I thought his run defense took a little bit of a step back this season, but all part of the maturation process. So he was still. I, I just want to make sure I'm. You guys understand? I'm not saying Benjamin Morton's in a down year. I'm saying he wasn't quite as good as maybe the expectations were. He was still outstanding this season. I just think I just think Cam Hart was better. And but I also think Cam Hart should have been a, a first or second team All American this year. Sec, I'd probably say second for me, just because he did lack the production of the picks and the breakups. But when nobody throws at you, it's kind of hard to have a lot of pass breakups. You want to hear a crazy stat? Cam Hart, according to Pro Football Focus, Cam Hart only had 28 attempts against him the entire season. That's it. 28 pass attempts in an entire season. Like you want to talk about just people saying, nah, we're not throwing at that guy. I'll give you some context. In 2018, when Julian Love was an All-American that season, he got thrown at 79 times. 79 times. Cam Hart got thrown at 28 times this year. I mean, people just avoid I mean, you could watch games, they just avoided him. And and you you kind of understand. I mean, Benjamin Morrison this year got targeted 48 times. If that puts any any idea on on what the decisions that teams were making when facing Notre Dame this year, they threw at Benjamin Morrison forty eight times. They threw it through at Xavier Watts thirty two times. They only threw at Cam Hart twenty eight times all year, which is just again, as Jason Smith said in the chat, that's some serious respect. So heck of a year for Cam Hart, and uh, uh, just just happy for everything that he's been able to accomplish. Last All-American, and I want to call, I'm not going to call it a snub because he didn't get snubbed, uh, but the final category is a is sort of a what could have been type of situation. Somebody just said that uh, uh, Julian Love played the boundary. Uh, he did play the boundary in 2018. In 2017, he was more of a field guy, and he got targeted 83 times. Uh, but also the boundary that season in 2018, Troy Pride, or the, the field guy in 2018 and Troy Pride, uh, got targeted 76 times. Point being, teams were much more willing to throw outside than they were the last couple of years. But the last category is what could have been. And and my what could have been is Mitchell Evans. Because when I look at the kind of season he was starting to put together before he got hurt and some of the opportunities he would have had, I think we could be sitting here talking about him being a potential All-American this year. Brock Bowers looking at the national stats, Brock Bowers of the guys listed at tight ends led the nation this year uh, in tight end production with 56 catches for 714 yards and four touchdowns. When you look at Mitchell Evans, he only played eight games and he had four, uh, 29 catches for 422 yards. So if you look at, if you take Mitchell's production and you, and you take it and you project it over the course of an entire season, you're talking about a guy that would have 44 catches right now and he would have just doing the math here real quick. Just give me a second. And he would have 633 yards. And you know his touchdown numbers wouldn't be great. But 44 catches for 633 yards, and let's say two touchdowns. I think that might have been good enough for him. And that's assuming he doesn't become an even bigger part of the offense because he was just starting to really become that guy. And I think he would have had even more production down the stretch. You know, and obviously against Wake Forest and Stanford, he would have he would have been a really big time force uh, in those games. And, and of course, against Wake Forest, we saw what they did with Eli Raritan. Perhaps that's Mitchell Evans catching those passes in those games. So he's a guy that's my what could have been. The next top tight end had 64 catches for 767 yards from Colorado State. 
perhaps he's on there. But I'm looking at right now, top 100, there's no other tight ends in the top 100 this season when it comes to to catches. And his his 633 yards would have also kind of put him in that conversation a little bit as well. So I think he's a guy that that could have been in that tight end conversation. Plus, he would have got the benefit of the doubt because he's at Notre Dame. I mean, that's just the reality of it. They, they're going to pay attention to a Notre Dame tight end putting up numbers more than they're going to do others. And and I think it probably would have seen Sam Hartman target him quite a bit in the Clemson game when things started kind of struggling and they were, you know, Sam didn't, wasn't reading things out. He would have started keying in on Mitchell Evans. So, you know, he would have got more targets in that game as well. So Mitchell Evans is not my snub because he wasn't snubbed. He didn't have the production or play enough games to be an All-American this year, but He's definitely in my what could have been conversation because the other game he missed was the Central Michigan game, and that would have been a big tight end game as well. So I would have liked to have seen the production he could have had if uh, with those four games. So I'm looking forward to seeing what uh, this tight end room is going to be next year with him and and Eli Raritan and Cooper Flanagan, and uh, it's, it's going to be a lot of fun. So that's my my last potential All American. I don't be and you guy in the chat can tell me if you guys think there's anybody else. I don't. I don't know that the, there's no one else on the on the team that I would say, boy, that guy should have been an All American. That guy, that guy should have been an All American. There's there's nobody else that I look at and I, I make that argument for. I, I think they got him right. I think they did. The Notre Dame players that that deserved All American honors to me, uh, are the guys that got it, in my opinion. So that's where I'm at. That's the All American list. So I'm going to go on to some bowl talk here in a second. Uh, going to take a, a brief timeout. Not going to put the music on. Just going to mute it here for a second. But I did want to ask you all to do me one favor while I'm doing that. Number one, hit that like button. Number two, hit the notification bell. Number three, share this podcast. Number four, if you haven't done so already, sign up for the message boards at boards.rspreakdown.com. Would greatly, greatly appreciate it. I got a bunch of film that I got the last couple of days on uh, Chris Mitchell that I'm going to be putting on the board here soon. That uh, just to kind of give you an idea of, of kind of to back up the film, the written breakdown I did upon the other day. So you'll get a chance to check that out as well. And you can only get there. You can only get that at boards at ourspreakdown.com. Thank mm-hmm. you.